You're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode, wait for it, 200. Find those people who fan your flames, who encourage you and motivate you and see your potential and know that you can get there. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 200. Yes, you've heard it right. I've been podcasting now for almost four years, and something really interesting has just happened over the last couple of weeks. I've had a huge jump in listeners. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the time in. I don't know if people are just finding us. I have no clue. But obviously, whenever you're advancing and you're seeing your numbers rise, that is a cause (laughs) for celebration. If you'd like to help me celebrate, there's a great way that you can do that. And that is by going over to iTunes and subscribing and reviewing the show. So here's what happens when you do that. And this is why it's helpful. When you subscribe, the episodes, when they go live, automatically download to your phone. So you don't have to worry about missing a single show. And then when you do a review, it also helps get more eyes on this podcast. It's a great way to pay it forward so other makers just like you can start learning and growing their businesses. Given that I'm celebrating podcasting today, my guest is a perfect fit. After all, podcasting is doing what? Sharing ideas, right? Well, today we're going to be talking about you getting your voice to be heard, and sharing your thoughts and your knowledge. I'm going to do Carol's intro in a minute, but here's what you're going to learn. How to put your message out into the world in a public forum, whether that's standing up and talking at a networking meeting or a BNI presentation, or actually doing a formal presentation at a trade show, or maybe even a keynote speech. Why not? Think big. We start with why you should think about doing this in the first place. She's going to talk about how to construct your talk and make sure to listen through because Carol is sharing with us a really valuable free download to help you construct your talk. And finally, the thing that I think is on all of our minds when we think about getting up in front of people and talking, the nerves. Carol talks about why we get nervous. And then the most important thing, how do you overcome those nerves? When it's time for you to get up and talk, there are specific things that you can do to calm yourself down and make sure you're presenting yourself the best you possibly can. You have a valuable message to get out into the market. And right now, Carol has a valuable message for us. So let's get right to our interview. Carol Cox is the founder of Speaking Your Brand, which helps high-performing, purpose-driven women entrepreneurs and professionals create their signature talks to grow their business and become recognized as influencers in their fields. So these are talks like keynote addresses, TEDx, and business presentations. Carol is the host of the Speaking Your Brand podcast and a sought-after speaker and trainer on public speaking, business storytelling, and women's leadership. 
Carol teaches business and marketing classes at Full Sail University and during election seasons serves as a political analyst on TV news. Welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast, Carol. Thank you so much for having me, Sue. I am delighted to be here. This is going to be a fun, fun conversation. I'm so excited to get into it. But before we get started, I like to ask you my traditional question that everybody answers. So I know this is a little bit different for you, but we're going with it. If you were to share a little bit more about yourself through the image of a motivational candle, what color would your candle be and what would be the quote on your candle? Okay, so because this is who I am, I'm going to go not just with a color, but with a smell. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Love it. Because when you were doing the introduction, I thought, I feel like I need some cookies around here because I know that your (laughs) audience and the people that you help are bakers and makers and crafters and creators. And so I'm like, I feel like I need some cookies. So my candle is going to be probably like a cookie dough color, kind of like a vanilla-ish color, cookie dough color. And it smells like cookies, like chocolate chip cookies. Getting hungry. I know. I know. I think it's because it's lunchtime. So I'm ready to eat right now. So that's what the candle would look like and smell like. And the motivational quote that I would have on it, this is one of my favorite ones. I use it in my presentations a lot. It's by the poet Rumi. He was a Sufi poet from hundreds of years ago. And his quote is, set your life on fire. Seek those who fan your flames. So find those people around you. Find that community. Sue, you've done that with the community you've created for the people who listen to this podcast, is find those people who fan your flames, who encourage you and motivate you and see your potential and know that you can get there. So important to have a support system behind you. Absolutely. Let's dive into your background. And it's interesting because a lot of people, when they think speaking, it's like they want to turn and run the other way, (laughs) right? So you dove into it as your profession. How did that all come about? I've always enjoyed getting up in front of people and doing presentations, even back when I was in middle school, grade school, middle school, high school. That was one of the most enjoyable parts of class uh, would be giving presentations. And when I was in high school, I was a member of the speech and debate team. So I went and did that regularly. And then when I was in college, I was in the Model United Nations Club. So we would do presentations and speeches, pretending that we were different countries in the UN. And so I've always enjoyed public speaking. I enjoyed the performance aspect of it, but I'm not an actor. I don't have an acting talent. So I can't pretend to be someone else, but I'm happy to share, share knowledge and information and to teach and to train others. And so but I didn't actually start this business, Speaking Your Brand, until 2015. Prior to that, my graduate degree is in history, and then I was in technology. I became a programmer, started two software businesses, worked with all different types of companies from Fortune 500 companies to startups, political organizations, and everything in between. And so part of that, I would naturally go to conferences, I would speak at conferences, I would do software demos at conferences. So it's always been a big part of what I've done in my businesses and in my career And I realized that it's such an important marketing channel nowadays, especially because our focus tends to be so much online and online is so noisy nowadays that it's easy to get lost. But when you're standing in front of a room at a conference or at a local group, all eyes and ears are on you. You're commanding attention and you're seen as the expert and the authority on your subject matter, which is so much easier to do when you're speaking in person or even on, I know we're going to talk about Facebook live video and other videos too, but then it is just to be just putting content out online. Of course, there's a place for both, but I think we've neglected the in-person aspect of our businesses. 
I think so, especially when you talk about social media, because that's the big, bright thing everyone's talking about. And we kind of forget the things that have been done before that still are really solid business building tools. Not as many people are doing it. So you can capitalize on that because others are not in that space. Good point. I just have to say, when you were talking about your background and how speaking and the performance part of it naturally comes to you. I just picture you in grade school or high school with the groups. You know how you used to get together as groups and do a presentation or create something and then it's like, okay, who's going to do the presentation? So I bet you they always turned and said, okay, Carol, it's you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am sure that happened or I volunteered myself. <laughs> right away, right from the start. <laughs> like, I'd be happy to do that. And everyone else probably sighed. Yeah, which means everyone wanted you in their group, by the way. (laughs) So as local business owners and makers, as you were referencing before, I don't think a lot of us, and I also am one who likes to speak, but I'm just thinking on behalf of our listeners, never thought that this would be something they'd have to think about as a business owner. So Let's start with why should they even be considering doing something that for many feels very scary? What's the value? Well, let me address why it feels scary first. And because I like to get the objections out of the way, and then we can talk about the value of it. Carol, why does it feel scary? (laughs) (laughs) It's scary for a couple of reasons. Number one is that I believe it's the fear of the unknown. When you go up and stand in front of a group of people, whether it's 10 people or 100 people or 500 or 1,000 people, there are so many unknowns. What is the room going to look like? Where are people going to be seated? What is the stage going to look like? Where am I going to be standing? How is the microphone going to work? How are my slides going to work if I have slides? There are so many questions. And because it's not an environment that we're in every day or regularly, we're not comfortable with it. And so that fear of the unknown is what naturally produces nerves. So there's strategies you can use to find out more information about where you're going to speak and see pictures and videos and do visualizations and get more comfortable. So that's one part of it is the fear of the unknown. The other part is really based on our physiology. If we think about it, our brains, even though we're in our modern civilization, are still wired from tens of thousands of years ago. And when we're standing in front of a group of people all by ourselves in an open area, we are considered vulnerable. And so our physiology, our brain is telling us we should not be standing here by ourselves because if we were on the savanna, a predator could come and easily get us and kill us. Now, I know this sounds really weird, but this is all happening subconsciously in our minds, which is why when you get up in front of a group of people, you get butterflies in your stomach, your heart starts to race, you get a little sweaty, you get short of breath. It's because your body is getting ready to either fight or flee or freeze. It's having this physiological reaction with adrenaline and cortisol because you're feeling very vulnerable standing in that spot. Now, I will tell you, the more you do it, the easier it gets. I promise. It really, (laughs) really does. And people tell me this all the time. It's just that unknown and then getting more comfortable with being in that environment. Your body will start to react differently. And there's breathing exercises. And as I mentioned, visualization that you can do to help you get to that point. So for those of you who are listening, who are saying to yourselves, I am terrified of public speaking. I dread public speaking. Trust me, I understand where you're coming from. But if it's something that you really want to do, if it's a skill that you want to develop, or you know it can help you move your business forward, there are things that you can do to get better at it. So I'll I'll say that. Well, and I think that what you've just said is really important because I think a lot of people will think it's just them. 
They're the only ones who are so afraid of being in the spotlight in front of a room. And so they must not be cut out to do it because they're so afraid. So just by knowing what you went through, that it's innately there in all of us. I mean, that's how we survived in the past. And just understanding that that's where that comes from should give people a little bit of comfort. Yes. And also, we are our worst critic on ourselves. So if you go up and do a speaking presentation, you probably notice if you had a few fumbles or if you forgot something or if you were nervous. But the audience, for the most part, probably has no idea. They don't see what you're seeing for yourself. And they're not hard on you like you're hard on yourself. So keep doing it because you will improve. And here's the primary thing to remember. As the speaker, it's not about you. It's about the audience. You have a message. You have something important that you can share to them. You can give them inspiration about how you started your business. You started creating something in your home and now you have a business. There are people in the audience who have a dream to do the same thing and you're giving them hope and inspiration that they can do it too. So we have to remove ourselves a bit from the speaking process and remember that it's the message that we're bringing to the audience that's making the impact. Yes, agree. Carol, I don't know if you've had this. I bet you have. And also, Gift Biz listeners, I bet you you've seen this too, where you've been to a speaking event and someone gets up and they're so anxious and the very worst fear happens. They freeze. They don't know what to say. They want to run off the stage. And I remember several times when I've been sitting in the audience and that's happened. And all you want to do is reach out and hug that person and just say, it's okay. Just tell me what you're here to say because we want to know. Yes, just start. The first three to five minutes are going to feel shaky because, again, your body's kind of getting into the groove and your mind is kicking in. If you can get past the first three to five minutes and just keep going, you're going to start getting more comfortable. And when I work with my clients, there are strategies that we do in the very beginning of the presentation when you first start to help build that comfort for yourself so you're not starting cold. Ooh, are we going to talk about those later? Yeah, we can do that. Make a little note. I'm making myself a note. We'll tease the listeners. Keep listening. But Sue, to your point, so in my podcast, Speaking Your Brand, a few months ago, I did an episode. It was episode number 92, and it was about a TEDx talk that I gave in 2016. And I had never shared publicly what happened to me when I gave that TEDx talk because as the speaking coach, I messed up. It was incredibly embarrassing to me. Of course, the audience was fine, but to me, I was mortified. I'm not going to share exactly what happened because you have to go listen to the episode to get all the details, (laughs) but it happens to all of us. And there's reasons that it happened because of the particular content that I was sharing and a whole bunch of stuff that was going on with me mentally that led to that. But you know, like no one's immune. Sometimes these things happen. We have to give ourselves grace and know that life goes on. (laughs) Absolutely. When you go up, if something like that happens and you stumble, let's say, that doesn't reflect on you as a person and who you are. It's just a point in time. Right. We're human. Yeah. And so many times back to the idea that I was talking about where someone gets up there and freezes, normally when they actually start going and get in the groove, as you were talking about, Carol, then the rest of their presentation is awesome. And then how great does it feel when you walk off a stage and you've done a good job? You've delivered your message. It's exhilarating. It really is. You get that runner's high because of the endorphins. You get endorphins from speaking as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, at least for people who enjoy it. (laughs) If you get to the point where you can actually enjoy it and don't feel like you're just tolerating it, (laughs) you're going to get 
And it is. Your adrenaline is going. You're excited. You're seeing the connections the audience is making with the content that you're sharing. You're seeing those aha moments. The audience is getting into it. You're seeing the effect that they're having and they're getting excited about what's possible for them. And then you start to realize what a bigger impact you can have other than just the product you're making. Very interesting. Okay, so let's talk now about why someone would do this. Now we've laid the groundwork a little bit about where there's anxiety and all of that. But what would be the value to a business owner to get up and speak in some format? So there's a few different things. Number one would be to increase your the brand awareness. So awareness of your business, that it exists and what it is that your business does. And then we'll come back to that. So I say number one, brand awareness. Number two would be your own personal brand as the CEO, as the founder, as the creator. So if you want to develop your own personal brand, so have people know about who you are as a leader in your industry, a leader in your community, speaking and visibility is one of the best ways to do that. And then number three would be for lead generation and for sales. So I would say those would be for your audience, the three primary reasons to do public speaking, your business brand, your personal brand, and then for leads and sales. Okay. So as we think about our marketing strategies, a lot of people who are listening are on social media, which we've already talked about, are probably doing some type of, well, maybe, maybe, maybe not print advertising. They're going out to craft shows. So there's brochures. So speaking is another portion of all of this. It's another way of reaching an audience. So it's not just a one-all, that's all you do. It integrates in with things that you're already doing. Absolutely. Yes. It is a piece of your marketing and visibility mix. Perfect. Okay. So you were saying you were going to get back to brand awareness. Yeah. So if you think about, so you mentioned that if you're going to a conference or you're going to a trade show or even to a local chamber of commerce or a local business group, if you have someone's flyer, brochure, or business card. We get those all the time. We kind of look at it. And what usually happens, it goes onto the corner of our desk or into our bag or maybe even into the trash can, right? We kind of look at it and here today, gone tomorrow, easily forgotten because we have so much information that's coming at us all of the time. Now, think about a speaker who you saw in the past few months or the past year at a conference you attended or a trade show or a business group or a networking group. You probably can picture in your mind that room and that speaker at the front of the room talking. And maybe you can even remember a bit about what the content, what that person was talking about. Say you were going to a conference and that person was talking about social media strategies or website search engine optimization strategies or strategies for improving your visibility on Etsy, whatever it happens to be. Now, if you're ready to hire someone to help you with one of those things, that speaker is probably going to come up in your mind first because you have a lot of cues to remember them. You heard them, you saw them, you were physically in their presence versus someone's flyer that you happen to walk by and pick up at a trade show or at an event. So it leaves a much deeper impact. Yes, absolutely. And because as a speaker, you're that expert authority. Now, for your listeners who are the makers and the creators and the bakers and the crafters, you may be thinking, well, I don't do social media strategies. I'm service-based business like that. So in that sense, then imagine that you are at a chamber of commerce or you're at a conference and you have the product that you've created. And this is what's so great about your audience, Sue, is that they have props. (laughs) They naturally have props that they can bring with them to speaking (laughs) engagement, service-based businesses. We don't really have really great props that we can bring unless we make something up that goes with our content. But you all can bring food. People love food. (laughs) Absolutely. 
You're bringing examples of your products. You're showing them textures and colors and whatever it happens to be. So that's another way for people to remember it. And so, and if you share your entrepreneurial journey as your signature talk, as the presentation that you're giving, you're helping the audience understand what it is that you do, what the product that you make, but they're getting value because they're hearing about your entrepreneurial journey or some obstacle that happened that you got past or how you never imagined that you would end up as an entrepreneur. Whatever your story is, that could be the basis of your signature talk. I'm sure a question is, well, why would I just, I'm just going to talk about how to bake my cookies? No, like that's probably, (laughs) I mean, there could be a place for that, but that's not what we're talking about. Something bigger here. You're sharing your journey and then the audience sees themselves in you and then they refer you to other people for speaking engagements, for leads, for bigger contracts, bigger clients. Like Sue, I know with your ribbon printing business, you have large clients and big orders. And so I'm sure some of your listeners are imagining, well, maybe that's something that I could do one day is increasing to scale. Well, it's through these relationships and networks that you're going to make by being a speaker that you're going to start getting to those people who are going to help you make that happen. Yeah, I totally agree. And I also think within our industries, there's the challenge that there are other people, let's say someone's a jewelry maker. Well, we know there's a ton of people who are making jewelry or cupcake shops or whatever it is. Someone else is already making a similar product that you're making. But by adding that overlay of a story, I think it endears our customers to us and they're going to want to buy from us more because they know our story versus someone who all it is is a name on a card or a name on even a storefront. If they know your story, it's a more personal connection. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Because yeah, not only do you remember it, but then you start to think, well, I want to support that business. I want to support that entrepreneur, that founder, because... I heard their story and I understand where they came from and I believe in them and I'm happy to support them versus either a larger company, a larger conglomerate where you could buy a similar product from whatever it happens to be or from someone else down the street who you don't know. So what do you say to somebody who says, I don't have a story. What would my story be? And the way I started, it was so easy, so boring. You may think it's boring because you're so close to it and it seems maybe natural or inevitable or just the next step. But if you really went back and looked about what you were doing, say the year prior to when you started your business, and then what has happened since you started your business, there are waypoints along the way that are instructional and helpful for other people to hear. And then also think about whose stories have you read or have you heard that inspired you? And what was it about their stories that inspired you? Was because they come from a similar background as you? Did they have similar obstacles? Was it a similar product? Did they start around the same time period as you? So find what stories have been interesting to you and see how those relate to your own story. Love that direction. I was also, as you're talking, trying to think of like what other angles for all of us it could be. And it might be things like how you ended up developing this crazy technique that you now use in all your products that never was around before and you created it. What's the story behind that? Or funny events that have happened now that you're a business owner that you would have never known. Behind the scenes knowledge of a business owner that the shop looks great from the front. Here are the crazy things that happen inside. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. People so, love the, like the messy behind the scenes sneak peeks and stories. And that's 
really good, not just for speaking in person, but also for videos, whether Instagram videos or Facebook live videos or YouTube videos is not only showing the finished product, but showing how it was made, showing the behind the scenes. Right. Absolutely. All right. Wonderful. So think about stories, you guys, in terms of what that could look like for you. And now I think I've drawn out that you're going to give us some goodness here on how you get started and motivate yourself. And I'm going to draw this out just a little bit longer while we take a break and listen to a word from our sponsor. This podcast is made possible thanks to the support of the Ribbon Print Company. Create custom ribbons right in your store or craft studio in seconds. Visit theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. So let's say you've decided, all right, you're part of a BNI group, for example, and you are now going to be the presenter for the next meeting. What types of things should someone prepare in terms of content of the presentation? Should they have like a whole written out thing or bullet points or does it depend on personalities or what do you do with that? I'm a proponent of having an outline with bullet points, having a word for word script, unless you're doing something like a TEDx talk where it's time limited and the content has to be very tight because of the nature of that type of presentation. Other than that, you really don't want to script it out word for word because you're making it more difficult for yourself. Number one, you would have to memorize all of that. And number two, then you're worried you're going to mess up. You're going to forget a, a sentence or you're going to mess up a word. And so that's going to add to the nerves so much more. So you don't need to script it out, especially for a local presentation or a conference presentation. Do an outline, do bullet points, and then you do want to practice it because you want to get comfortable with the material. You want to know, am I hitting the time allotment that I have, whether it's 10 minutes or 30 minutes or 45 minutes or what have you. So you do want to do an outline. Now, there's a story structure framework that I've created that gives you an outline to follow when creating your presentations and also really for creating your videos or any other type of content as well. So you're not starting from a blank document or from a blank slide, because that's a lot of time where most of us start and like, well, I don't know what to put first and what to put next. And that's where we end and walk away too. Right, exactly. We're just like, okay, forget it. I'm just going to wing it. Move on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not going to do it or I'm going to wing it. We don't want to do those two options. So Sue, for your listeners, I do have a PDF download that they can get that has the story structure framework in it. So they can download this PDF, they can even print it out, and then they can follow that framework to create the outline for their presentation. Oh, wow, Carol. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. We didn't talk about that. That's a surprise to me, too. Well, I always like to give listeners because it's so nice to have this resource. And that's going to be at speakingyourbrand.com slash gift biz, gift biz, B-I-Z, is where they can download that. Perfect. And this, you guys will be in the show notes. So if you're out and about and you don't remember it, just jump over to the show notes and I'll have the link there for that. So exciting. And so that will give us the outline in terms of the first things you talk about and just the whole structure. And then we fill in the content when we follow your outline, the framework. Right, exactly. So like, so for example, a lot of presentations, people start off with their bio slide, you have your title, and then you do your introduction about me, about yourself, about your company. And that's what you should not do. You should not start by talking about yourself and your bio and your background. And instead, you need to, because the audience doesn't have context yet as far as why they should care about you or about the company that you started and that you run, you have to start with why are they there? What's in it for them? What are they trying to achieve? You start there. What's getting in the way 
of what they want to achieve. What are those obstacles? And then you bring in, here's who I am. I've faced similar obstacles because I wanted a similar goal. And now we're going to talk about how to get there. Okay. So why should they listen to you? So what's in it for them? Mm -hmm. The obstacles that have probably come up before that have prevented that. And then the piece on you is the credibility play of why are you the one to share with them how to overcome whatever that issue is. Exactly. And then you go into the details of that, of the actual content, what the audience can do, maybe three key ideas, usually not more than three, because we don't remember things when there's too much content. So break it down into three things. And then the story structure framework has all of this as well as some other additional detail that will be helpful. And so okay. that's for our content. Now for a BNI group, probably you have a shorter amount of time in that than you would say doing a breakout session at a conference. So what we've just talked about here would be like for an hour presentation or 45 minutes, an hour, something like that. Yeah. Anywhere from like 30 minutes to an hour. Okay. Would be at a conference or a chamber of commerce group or something like that. If you're doing a networking where maybe you only have five or 10 minutes, then really you still want to do the same thing where you start with what does the audience want? Why are they there? What's their goal? What's preventing them from getting there? Your credibility. And then you're really just sharing one key idea, one key point to help them versus sharing a lot more content. Because too many times we feel like we need to brain dump everything we know to the audience in 10 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour, and we can't. It's just not physically possible to do that. And then the audience gets overwhelmed. So instead, stick to one to three key ideas. I think that makes so much sense because I've seen so many times and listened to speakers and they've said a lot of words, but when I walk away, I have no idea what the message was. Or what to do with it. Oh, okay. Or what to do with it. Yeah. Like how to apply it yourself to whatever it is that they're related to. How can you actually take it and then apply it to what you're doing? So I've seen conference sessions where they say 20 ways to promote your podcast or 20 ways to promote your business. Well, I'm not going to do all 20 because I don't have the time or the resources to do that. All 20 are probably not relevant to where I'm in, in my business or my podcast or whatever it happens to be. So tell me instead, what are three things I should be doing based on where I am and how do I actually go about doing that and what impact is it going to have? So more is not always better. Correct. So hearing 20 things, because it seems like it's better because it's 20, really the three things are better. Yeah, because then you get to analysis paralysis. Yeah. I don't know which 20 to do, or I've already tried five of those and they didn't work. Well, yeah, they didn't work because they probably, they probably weren't right for you. As a speaker, you're the authority, you're the guide to help the audience to figure out what is the right next step for them. Beautiful. Carol, you wouldn't have known this necessarily, but we've talked a lot in the past about offering too many options for your products. Yes. So too many sizes, too many colors, too many options, instead of thinking that, well, then there's something for everybody, actually confuses people and people will walk out the door. So we've had that conversation already about product selection and as you're growing your product, the base of what you're offering. But so here, applying it in speaking makes total sense. Yes, we need guidance. I mentioned before, there's so much information that we get all day long. There are so many decisions we have to make as creators, as business owners, that when it comes to certain areas that are not our areas of expertise, we're looking for someone to give us that guidance to tell us, okay, here are some different options, but the best one for you is probably option A, and here's why, and here's what to do next. Tell them in no uncertain terms exactly how to do it then too. Yes. 
And make the steps really small, I think, also, as you're explaining, if it's something that has some type of structure to it. Because I think when we're so close to our content, we will leave gaps that someone can't follow. You know, they fall off because they don't know from one step to another. Right. The gap is too big for them to leap across. They need your guidance, but they also need you to build a little bridge. What is it? A rope bridge? Like a little rope bridge, but a gap can't be too big because the rope bridge won't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going for some <laughs> metaphors here. I love it. It works perfectly. But it's really true because I think what's so obvious to us isn't always obvious. And that's where things fall short. Yes. And there's a balance there because you don't want your content to be too basic or too simplistic that it becomes boring because the audience has already knows it or familiar with it. So obviously you want to get a good sense of who's going to be in the audience before you create your presentation so that you align your content level with what the audience needs. So you don't want to go too basic. So your content should have some depth to it. Even if some people in the audience are at the beginner level, there are probably going to be some people in the audience who are intermediate or advanced, and they'll appreciate you having some depth to your content. Okay. All right. Perfect. So we know we're presenting next week. We've got the plan all set because we've downloaded your framework. We filled it all in. We're feeling really good. We've practiced. We are ready. Okay. Now the day comes, we're driving to the event, and we're freaking out. (laughs) Yes. Now what? Help, Carol, help. Yeah. (laughs) So listen to some songs that you really like, like your power songs, or you're like, get into the right kind of mindset, get into the mood songs, like really pump yourself up in the car on the way there or in the hotel room and your headphones or what have you. So do that and do some visualization and some breathing exercises as well. Because we tend to start taking shorter, shallower breaths when our nerves kick in. So you really need to be mindful and to really do those deep breaths because that's going to physically calm down our bodies. Visualization. So imagine yourself standing in that room. So either if you're at a conference, go check out the room ahead of time. If you're at a BNI group or a group that you go to, you know what the room already looks like. So imagine yourself in that room. Imagine yourself delivering your presentation, your talk, your pitch. So imagine yourself doing that, like actually see yourself, see the people in the room, do that. And then when you actually get to the event, sometimes speakers make the mistake of going and hiding somewhere. So going and hiding into another room or kind of standing off and not talking to people because they're nervous or they feel like they have to not talk to anyone until after the presentation. But you should actually go talk to people, talk to people in the audience, because first of all, then you'll see familiar faces when you actually are standing up because you'll recognize people. Shaking someone's hand or hugging them, whatever is appropriate, depending on how well you know the person that you're saying hello to. But shaking someone's hand actually releases oxytocin in our bodies. And oxytocin is that feel-good hormone that we get. And so shaking someone's hand releases that. That also helps to calm down our systems. And I like to chit-chat with people in the audience beforehand because then I will refer to them during my presentation. So I'll say something like Sue and I were talking before we got started and she mentioned that one of the things that's been going on in her business is that she's seeing whatever it happens to be that's related to my content. So now the audience is more engaged because you're showing that you're making the content relevant to them. Sue, you sitting in the audience are just going to be beaming because you got mentioned by the speaker and now you have a stronger connection with that speaker and the speaker has a stronger connection with some of those people in the audience. 
you're going to see them out there smiling. They're going to be more likely to participate when you ask the audience questions. Sue, because I mentioned you, you'll probably raise your hand and volunteer some information if I ask a question, because that's how then you get that audience engagement going. Perfect. Okay, so here's the summary power songs. So you're revving yourself up kind of spiritually, I guess you will, like you're really the mindset is there. Visualization, deep breaths, and then talking to your audience beforehand. And those handshakes, I didn't know that there was some physiological effect there. That's really interesting, Carol. All right. And so then you go on to stage and then you just get started with however your presentation is going to start. And again, I just want to remind everyone what Carol said way in the beginning, which is it's okay to be a little bit nervous as you're getting started and you'll get into your groove after the first few minutes. The point is just to get started. Yes, and I know we teased the audience earlier about what are some strategies they can use at the beginning of their presentation to help them with the nerves. You want to talk about that now, Sue? Love to, yes. Okay, so I like to poll the audience in the beginning. So ask them questions, especially at conferences where we don't really know who the audience is going to be, what level they're at or what type of business they have or whatever it happens to be. So I'll do a show of hands questions. I'll even have the audience members stand up if this applies to you or stand up if you are this or that, especially if they've been sitting for a while and you need to kind of get their blood moving. And mm -hmm. so I'll have them do that. I'll have them do the show of hands questions. I'll even have some people shout out answers from the audience. There's a couple of reasons why to do that. Number one is that you're getting a sense of who is in the audience so you can tailor your presentation a bit for them as you go along. And the second thing is because now you're not starting cold. You're not starting with, oh my gosh, I have to deliver my first line. I have to remember it. It has to be perfect. I don't want to stumble over it. Instead, you walk up. Ideally, someone has introduced you before you came up to the front of the room or onto the stage. You come up and say, hi, everyone. Great to be here. Let me start off with a few questions so I can get a sense of who's in the room. And then you do the show of hands. By the time you do that, it's been a few minutes. You're moving around. Your hands are moving around. You've been walking around. You're getting out some of that nervous energy. And then now you can launch in to the main part of your presentation. I've done my fair share of speaking. And one of the things that I found works really well for me, and I'll be interested in your opinion, Carol, is I have very well rehearsed my very first line. Like I know word for word what my first line is going to be. Now, do I change it maybe as I'm up there? Maybe. But I never because I used to, I never struggle with the very first line. I found that to be really helpful for me. What do you think about that? No, that's great, Sue. If that works for you, then keep doing it. Yeah, because I just think pulling the audience, pulling the audience, okay, you can only do that so much. What if you haven't found anything to roll off of, and then you're not sure how to start, like how to get started? Right. Yes. If that works for you, that's great. For me, Having something memorized is probably is not my particular style, but this is what I do when I work with my clients is we figure out what do they feel comfortable with? What is going to work for them? And then we create that for them. Okay. And then what about ending? Is there something special or some thoughts on how to finish so that your talk stays memorable? Yeah. So you definitely want to finish strong and not feel rushed. So whatever time allotment you've been given, so you've been given 45 minutes, I recommend then your presentation content being around 35 minutes and not pushing it to the 45 minutes when you're creating or when you're practicing it. The reason is because you may end up starting late because the sessions are going over time 
and now you don't have 45 minutes anymore, you have 40 minutes or something happens and there's a microphone, it has to get readjusted or something like that. So you wanna make sure that you practice for less time than you're allotted because you don't wanna rush your ending. Because your ending, the audience is gonna remember the ending more so than anything because that's the most recent thing. And too many times, endings also become summaries of what the presentation just was. It's fine to summarize towards the end of your presentation what it was, but you really wanna end your presentation on a story Ideally, a story that connects back to something that you talked about in the beginning of your presentation. So you're tying everything up with a bow. So the beginning is related to the ending. You want to end with a story or something inspirational, something that's going to leave the audience that they too can do what it is that you just talked about and the impact that it will have on them. So you want to end with that story, then close, do your thank yous and close, and then you can open it up for questions afterwards, if you do have a Q&A time built into the, your session. And the other thing that you wanna do after you finish your story and after you do your thank you, before you open up for Q&A is I use feedback forms and my clients all use feedback forms when they go and speak. And the feedback forms give you feedback on your presentation, but they're also a tool for lead generation. So in that PDF download that I mentioned, Sue, there's also the feedback form template and how to use it along with that story structure framework in there so that listeners can get both of those. Perfect. So that's a way that they can reconnect with you if they're excited about your product, maybe even though you're not selling during this presentation, store locations, whatever it is. Right. Referrals for other speaking invitations, referrals to be on people's podcasts. It could be that maybe you want to do a workshop, whatever you're looking for, you can customize that feedback form to get the information back that you want. Perfect. All right, great. So now another question, because I have to do it because you are the pro, Carol. What if we have some experienced speakers who are listening right now, and they've been thinking a little bit about a TED Talk? Can we talk a little bit about why you would consider a TED Talk and then a little bit of the experience in terms of how to find out if you qualify and then how all that works? Sure. So why to do a TED Talk or a TEDx Talk? It's really about your personal brand because it is such a well-known platform and TED is such a well-recognized brand that you now become associated with that when you become a TEDx speaker. So it's your personal brand. It's also because you can share your message to a much wider audience because you're gonna be doing your talk at a local TEDx chapter. But then that video gets uploaded to YouTube on the TEDx Talks YouTube channel. So people all around the world can end up seeing your talk. So you can share your message much wider. I had a client of mine. Her name is Tammy Lally. We worked together on her TEDx talk that she did in June of 2017. And she's a money coach. And she has a very powerful personal story about what happened in her family. And she shared that as part of her TEDx talk and, and around this idea of money shame and what happens with money, shame, and families. Well, it ended up that her story was so powerful, her talk was so powerful that the parent company, TED.com, chose her talk to appear on their homepage. And homepage space is limited. They don't pick every talk around that happens around the world. Well, they selected hers, and her talk now has over 1.5 million views on it. Wow. Because of that prominence that the National TED organization gave it. And she now gets clients and people contacting her from all over the world who've heard her talk and been impacted on it. So that's wow. the reason to do the TED Talk. Now, TED Talks are really, they're very unique. 
as far as the structure, the key idea, how to do them. I have a number of podcast episodes that I've done on my podcast related to TED Talks and TEDx Talks, how to find your idea, what types of ideas are what are considered TED-worthy ideas. So that's probably the best resource for your listeners to go to because it would probably take us 30 minutes more to go through to talk about what makes a good TED Talk idea, how to structure one, how to find places, how to get selected, how to apply, all of that. So I covered all those topics in a number of my episodes. What would you say is the time investment to do something like that? If we're all business owners and we're very involved in the day-to-day, is it even worth trying to do that if we're so busy? That's a really is a personal preference. As I mentioned, my client, Tammy Lally, she probably spent, I don't know, 100 hours over three months working on it. As far as content and practicing and preparing all of that, was it worth it to get 1.5 million views? Yes. Like obviously there's no guarantee <laughs> that you're going to get that. But so I would say, yes, other clients that I've worked with have not spent 100 hours on it. But I would say at minimum, I'm trying to think, I just coached some speakers for TEDx Orlando that happened a few months ago. And total, they with practicing and all of that, they spent, oh, probably at least 40 to 50 hours over a period of a couple of months. That doesn't sound like too long, actually. It's manageable. I would say it's manageable as long as you start early and you don't try to do it all within, say, a month. Right. All right. Well, yes. So I'm going to direct people over to your podcast, Speaking Your Brand, and then they could probably just search for TEDx Talks or TED Talks or something to find the episodes that would be good. Because I know there's a whole structure behind it. You have to apply. And then when you're accepted, they still want to see you have to actually do it live in front of them several times before the real performance, right? Oh, yes. And you would want to do that. It's way more of a performance than a talk, I almost would say. Yes, exactly. And really for those for the TEDx talks, most of those are scripted pretty much word for word because of the tight time limit. And you can't ad lib. You can't really go on tangents because the time has to be right and the content has to be really tight. Got it. Perfect. Okay. Final comments for somebody who's on the edge of their seat. They're sounding like this is a good idea, but tomorrow when they start thinking about it, they're going to say, I'm not sure anymore again. What would you say to that person? Try it. You just might like it. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. No, seriously, I would say start local. Start with a group that you already know that you feel comfortable with and start and reach out to them and say, I'm happy to give a presentation on my entrepreneurial journey or how I started my business to your members or to your audience. I think that would be valuable to them. And you can just start small, start local, and then build up from there. And podcast interviews are actually a great way to start getting more comfortable with your story and with the message and content that you're sharing. So you could even start looking for podcasts to be on. There you go. Perfect. Carol, thank you so much. This has been so informative. So on behalf of myself and my listeners, we would like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift on behalf of all of us and open it in our presence. What's inside your box? Ooh, now I can do some visualization of my own. So for the business speaking your brand, the bigger vision that I have is I really see it as going well national and going global to provide communication and leadership training and resources for women entrepreneurs and women leaders so that 
we can see more women in these positions of influence, whether it's in our businesses, on boards, on prominent boards, on nonprofits, in the media, in politics and government, and providing that the leadership and communication skills to get them there. So that's for the business. Now, personally, I would love to coach speakers, women speakers at the United Nations. To me, Ooh. that seems like so rewarding and so fulfilling. So I just imagine myself at the UN building in New York City and I'm helping some of the diplomats or the different NGO speakers who are coming there and helping them develop and create their presentations to have a global impact. Love it. I could so see you doing that, Carol. I'm putting it out there publicly and we'll see. When you say things out loud, the universe sometimes conspires to make them happen. It's so true. All right. We're going to be watching. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so we already know about the framework. So that's one thing that people can get from you. And also listen to Speaking Your Brand, the podcast, Carol's podcast. And it's on all the podcast platforms, right? Yes. Okay. Is there anywhere else you would direct some of our listeners to go? You're also welcome to join the Speaking Your Brand community. It's a private Facebook group. Now, this is for women speakers. And so if you go to speakingyourbrand.com slash join, you can get access there. It's a free private community, but it's a fantastic group of women speakers and entrepreneurs. They're incredibly supportive. You can go in there and ask questions, get feedback. Sometimes people ask, I'm thinking of, I need to charge for a workshop that I'm doing. What do you think is a good price or what's a good way to phrase this topic? So it's, an, it's really an excellent resource. Perfect. Wonderful. And I'll connect that over on the show notes page as well. Carol, such great information. As expected, this was a really, really fun talk, but a lot of really great content and direction for our listeners. So thank you so much. I really, really appreciate your time today. Well, it was my absolute pleasure, Sue. I've tremendously enjoyed talking with you. And for all of you who are listening out there, I do hope that for this year going forward that you make speaking as part of your marketing strategy. I couldn't agree with Carol more. I'm going to give you a little bit of a challenge. If you do start speaking this year, or if you want to share some of your experiences and you're using some of Carol's techniques and possibly even downloading that framework and following it, let us know. Jump over to Gift Biz Breeze, my free and private Facebook group, and we can continue the conversation over there. So I'm usually pretty good at keeping secrets, but I'm spilling the beans. I can't help it. I'm so excited. I just want to tell you guys what I've been working on over the last few months. It's been a little bit of a secret project because I wasn't sure exactly what the timing was going to look like on it, but I can't wait. I have to share with you my secret. Many of you have been following me for a while know that I wrote a book that came out last May. It's called Maker to Master, but that's not what this is about, although it spins off a similar concept. When I was getting serious about writing that book, there were actually two books that I had in my mind. One was Maker to Master, and that, truth be told, was the harder one to do. But I also was really interested in writing a book that was an inspirational book, kind of inspiration a day. I know you've seen those out there where it's 365 inspiring thoughts for your year or something like that. I think very often we get defeated by our own self-talk. 
And we also sway away from core solid business growth values because there's a new social media site that's available or other things come up that take our mind off of the really important things that we need to grow our business. As things happen, my idea continued to evolve and I came up with the idea of instead of doing a 365 inspiring tips type book, it would be way more helpful for you if it was included in some type of a planner so that every day when you're planning out your day, you'd also then see a tip. If I look at how I work with things, I don't know if I would have a book on the side of my desk and every day look at one day's inspiration and then another day's inspiration. Way better to have everything in one place. Consequently, I have created a planner. It's called Inspired, a daily planner specifically for you, our wonderful community of gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. I'll be sharing more in the upcoming days, but let me give you a few highlights here. One of the cool things about this planner is you can start any month of the year. Have you ever been like me where all of a sudden in May you decide, I wanna start doing things different, I wanna get myself really organized, but then you go to find a planner and they either start in September, going into the next year, or you have to buy a year and all the prior months of the year are useless for you because you're already in May. With this planner, you can start anytime. If you're listening to this announcement in January, you can start it right away. If you're hearing this in May, you can use this planner starting in May. It has monthly and daily layouts, so you'll be able to keep yourself really organized and special life-enhancing sections. More on that later. It also includes what I've been talking about earlier and the reason I changed this from a book to a planner, and that is daily inspiration, things that you need to be telling yourself, affirmations to get in the right mindset as the owner of your business, also business tips and ideas. Some of them you're going to read and you're like, yep, got it, it's covered. And then others might give you some pause, ideas of things you might want to implement into your business to further either solidify or grow what you already have going. That's all I'm going to share with you right now, but I will tell you that we are just weeks away from getting this out to you. I'm going to do a limited first run, and if you want to be one of the first ones to know when it's available, jump over to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash add me, and you'll get an email when the planner is ready. That link again is giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash add me. There is no time like the present to take the next step on solidifying the dream you have for your business. The new inspired planner could be just the ticket to making sure that that actually happens for you this year. That's a wrap. And I want you to know how much I appreciate you listening to the show and supporting me each and every week. We've been talking about how you can get visibility for your business through speaking, but that's not the only way. I have another approach for you of how you can get more attention on your business. We all know more attention means more prospects, more customers, and more sales. That's coming up next week on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I'll see you then.